Lola, soy Lola, and you're listening to the Three Count Podcast. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and as always, he is here with me. Let's just jump into the roster. He is currently hailing from Lincoln, Nebraska. He is the man who's also a veteran. He has gone overseas. He has defended not only the current title he's holding in his hand because it didn't exist at the time, but the title of U.S. Soldier. Give it up to my longest running friend, Lou, the franchise. Let's get this straight. I am the hottest, fastest growing, best host of any podcast out there. Let's run this shit. You are not even in the top five right now because you haven't hosted a show. <laughs> so let's be real. But this is the Three Count Podcast presents now in Trinarine, which means one thing. We have a guest for you. Let's be real. You can find this man at NWA, NWA Tacoma, NWA Top of Texas. You can find this man on ACW and WWN. You can also find him at TCW, DCW, and VIP Wrestling. He is the youngest NWA National Heavyweight Champion. Gotta give it up for the man himself, Jake Logan. Wow, what an intro. I like that. (laughs) I appreciate it. I was going to say, man, I, we have to do a big, man. We have to do a big. Absolutely. But thank you for coming on the show with us, man. I truly appreciate this. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Me too. We were actually talking back and forth because you currently reside in Texas right now, right? In Amarillo, is that right? No, no. I moved away from Texas. Uh, it'll be two years in March. I live in uh, Ocala, Florida now. That's right. That's right. I forgot. But you, because we had, we both had ties to the panhandle of Texas. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. And uh, yeah, I was like, I was laughing because when you, when I saw, when I saw like Northern Texas, I was like, yo, I'm from, I used to live in shallow water. I was like, (laughs) I kind of know where we're at. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, now that you're out in Florida, man, how's, how do you like it different from, how do you like being in Florida versus Texas? Uh, my parents won't like me for saying this, but I hate Texas. I hate Texas with a passion. And it's not like Texas as a whole. I guess I shouldn't just say Texas. I hate Amarillo. Uh, even though it's where I, I had my debut and everything, I just living there for 15 years, it got really old really fast. I remember as a kid, uh, we moved there when I was like eight or nine years old. As soon as I stepped out of the car, let me backtrack, eight or nine years old, driving through Texas, not seeing any trees, just seeing brown, flat lands. I looked over to my dad. I was like, I want to go home. (laughs) Because we moved from uh, Americus, Georgia to Amarillo, Texas. Oh, wow. Green and brown. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of green. It's very brown. And I just, as soon as I stepped in the car and I felt that dry heat hit me, I was just already over it, and then I dealt with it for the next 15 years. Yeah, yeah I've done two different stints in Texas. I did uh, Lubbock, uh, Shallow Water, and I was living on Reese Air Force Base, and then I went back, and I was in San Antonio and San Angelo, and I was like, man, the fact that I drove eight hours north and was still in Texas, I was like, I know, the state is way too big. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
But more importantly, let's jump into you, man. We don't have to talk about Texas, even though, you know, that's where everybody likes to talk about. <laughs> but let's get into you, man. So tell me right off the jump, like, who is Jake Logan? Man, so uh, I've been in, I've been in around the wrestling business for 19 years. Uh, my dad got involved with it when we lived in Georgia as a kid. He became a manager. He became a dastardly manager known as Jack Logan. And uh, I have such fond memories of that, man. Like, just being a kid and, and, like, me and my dad, before that, we we always loved wrestling. We'd flip through the channels, you know, the Monday Night Wars. We'd watch all of them. My favorite, my favorite two wrestlers uh, ever, Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels, just out there characters, just always upbeat, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then when my dad got involved with it, it was, like – a different world going from watching on TV to being there every week, seeing these shows. And so I was always hooked. I had my friends. I had, uh, I had a couple of friends. Um, some of my friends outside of it thought I was a, a weirdo for liking wrestling, but you know, um, I had some friends that would go with me. And then of course I would always bring my, my little toy action figures. Um, and just seeing all these, larger than life characters in person and not on TV to, to the point to where I could like, I could touch them and they were real right in front of me. It was just a different scene. Um, and then finally, whenever my dad decided that we were going to make the move to Amarillo, uh, he got involved with I'm trying to remember the name. It was a group of guys who weren't really the best trained, but he kind of took over, helped them get the training that they need. And uh, he started, uh, uh, the show was called PWF. It was called Panhandle Wrestling Federation. And uh, he started running that out of the back of the uh, very well-known tourist attraction, the Big Texan. Um, they're known for their 72-ounce steak and everything like that. Um, but yeah, we started running shows out of the back of there. And uh, around that point, I was like, I, I was gung-ho. I knew I wanted to be a wrestler, right? The, the match that I, I saw that made me want to wrestle was Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19. And then being around all that, like I knew that being a wrestler was, was my destiny. So my dad told me that I, uh, I could have my first match when I turned 17. So going through the years, training with all these, uh, all these different people coming in and out, my dad had legends come in like uh jake the snake roberts uh ted dibiase um the list goes on man all these guys who have been there who have been at the top i was able to learn firsthand and pick their brain just as a kid just running around in and out of the locker room and um learning a lot of the do's and don'ts because the wrestling business i mean it, it has their it has their people who are <laughs> pretty shitty um but besides that, just being able to learn all these different styles and all these, like, pick all these different brains uh, really helped me when I became 17 because I had my first match on my 17th birthday. My dad lived up to his promise. And I got to go, into, I got to go against a guy named Cody Jones. Uh, his dad was uh, famous back in the day for uh, being Mr. Ebony Tom Jones. And uh, I got to learn... Uh, a little bit from Tom. And then of course I learned so much from Cody. Um, uh, so Cody was actually involved in an angle and I actually got the victory on him that night, which set up for 
a main event eight-man tag match that same night. So my very first night, I was involved in two matches. And when you, when you have your first match, you get the shit beat out of you for <laughs> quite a little bit. So I was involved in two matches my first night. So we're in an eight-man tag match, and they're like, let's pull the new kid in here and have him get the shit beat out of him for a while after I already had that first match. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. And then 10 years later, uh, it, it's, it's so crazy. 10 years later, uh, I'm on the right track to having a WWE tryout. Unfortunately, it got rescheduled uh, due to the coronavirus. Um, and I'm still waiting for, for that email saying, Hey, come back up to the performance center. But, but uh, it, it's crazy. All the ups and downs that I've been through throughout my career so far, I've just, uh, I've been pretty blessed. That's awesome though, man. It's, it's one of those things, man, like you, you brought up like a lot of good points, right? We, there's like a lot of stuff that we could talk about inside there, right? Or like shitty people in the locker room. Like I've definitely, I've been kind of, and I'll be honest, I've been kind of blessed to be around like some locker rooms where like guys were just really close knit. So I really like haven't experienced that yet, but I know like to expect it, like that's definitely the ones. And then you talked about having great mentors, which I mean, I guess no better than Jake Roberts and Ted DiBiase. Let's just be real. Right. And, you know, Ted DiBiase is one of, like, Anthony and I's uh, favorite people because he's from Nebraska. So, I mean, you know, we rep our, we rep our talent, and we know. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we had uh, Ted DiBiase's – one of Ted DiBiase's boys who was uh, a local guy for us. It was uh, Mike DiBiase. Mm. And, uh, of course, Mike was around, – around that time, Mike was literally my hero in wrestling just because of the way he worked, how charismatic he was on the microphone – and this is all before Mike started getting in trouble with the law and everything like that. And because uh, Mike, he uh, he was the uh, he was a NWA uh, North American champion. And uh, I looked up to him so much, man. And then uh, I got a little older and realized, OK, he's doing some some stuff against the law. Luckily, he's better now. He's a lot better now. I've, I've talked to him in recent years and. He's doing a lot better now. Uh, he's out of jail finally. He's got a little girl. He's living on a farm. So I'm, I'm super happy that he's he's cleaned up and everything. But um, Mike back then was my hero. So that's how we had the connection to Ted DiBiase. That's awesome, though. So another question I'm going to ask you, man, is like, what do you think is the one thing missing from wrestling? Um, well... I don't feel like it's as much of a brotherhood as it used to be. Mm. Um, so back in the day, you hear all these stories about how, you know, guys like Arn and Tully, they were always constantly on the road together and they bring in some, some new guys and they, they teach them the, teach them the ropes and everything like that. There's not too much of that anymore. Um, while I, while it's similar in a lot of ways, it's also different. Because there's not too much of that anymore. There's still your guys that'll, that'll pull you up in the car and be real friendly to you and, and, and let you learn the aspects of wrestling. And I like to think that I'm, I'm one of those because I'll, I'll help anybody. Um, but I don't feel like there's too much of that anymore because nowadays it's a lot of egos. There's a lot of egos in a lot of locker rooms. And I'm not saying every locker room, but quite a bit, especially in Texas especially in Texas. 
Yeah, I mean, I can, I can understand. I mean, like, you're right. There's just so many different personalities out there, and then you're like trying to learn from everybody. And that's like the one thing I like about like this show is I like asking people like to come on and not just talk about like because everybody has like different answers for like everything they want to go through. And like the one thing that's crazy for me is that listening to everybody's like point of views, and then like you could kind of feel like who's like who's like really high on themselves and who's kind of like I'm here to be a mentor. And then, like, it's it's cool to find those guys that you're, like, I can vibe with this dude. Or, like, this seems like the kind of guy, like, I would do, like, a 10-hour road trip with. And then by the time I got out, like, I was an expert in whatever field, like, I wanted to be in. So, it's yeah. I definitely I definitely understand that about, like, the brotherhood side. And then I do get the other part where, like, you definitely feel like some people are just, like, looking out for themselves and are, like, trying to hold other people down. So, I definitely, I can, I can, I can understand where you're coming from with that. Um What's one of your, actually, I'm going to let, I know Anthony asked this question a lot, so I'm going to let him ask, ask this question, but what's been your worst bump that you've taken? Oh, there's a lot of them. Uh, I guess uh, the first one that I can remember was very early in my career. I'd never taken a bump on concrete, and um they don't they don't train you for that <laughs> um so uh, i forgot who i was wrestling against it might have been um his name is al farad he's based out of oklahoma um anyways we're we're fighting and he gives me a backdrop and anytime i i took i take a backdrop i try to get as high as i possibly can and <laughs> having that same mentality when you're not inside the ring you're right along the outside of it with no padding you try to get as high as you can and then you come to a screeching halt because that concrete just oh my gosh i hate concrete bumps hate concrete bumps yeah i don't feel like that's the thing that i want to get involved with (laughs) so my last question before i turn over to lou um what advice would you give to up-and-coming wrestlers it's gonna sound a little cliche but just shut the hell up and keep your ears open. If somebody's going to critique you, let them critique you. If, especially if you have respect for a name that's come into your local organization and you ask them to watch your match. I see this too often. A guy will go up to somebody. They'll say, would you mind watching my match, please? Guy says, sure, no problem. Watches the match. And then when it's time for the feedback, the guy's like, well, you could have done this, this, and this. You did great on this, but you should have done this. And then the, the, the guy that's asking for the advice, and he's like, well, this is why I did this. So um, I think I did okay right there. Sh- shut up. Listen to, listen to the veteran, you know. Um, listen to the advice that's being given to you. Um, don't take anything for granted in the wrestling business because it can all just – go up and smoke in the snap of the fingers. Yeah, that's, um, that's some great advice, man. So let me turn this over to Lou, and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. What up, Jake? What's going on, Lou? Not much. How are you? Good, man. Good, good, good. So my first question for you is, is after your matches, what do you like to eat? Like, I heard people don't eat before matches, but after the matches, I've heard some good stories. So I want to know what, what you're looking to eat after your 
performance. So in recent months, um, I've been on a keto diet. Uh, and it's helped me out a lot, lost a few pounds. So after a match, I just like to carb it up. I, I'll, I'll go somewhere and it'll be a carb test at night, man. <laughs> so I don't really have like a certain meal per se or anything, but just like, I don't know, after, after a match, if you want to put a plate of cheese fries right in front of me, I'll, I'm going to tear it up. I get All right, my next question for you is, uh, what's the one moment that you're like, I can't believe I did that, or I can't believe this has happened to me, and this is so great? So the guy that I had my first match against, uh, was about... Hey, Jake. Yeah. Your mic is kind of like cutting in and out. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a heads up. I can't really hear you. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. Okay, sorry about that. So, um, oh yeah. Uh, so the guy that I had my first match against, his name was Cody Jones. Uh, when I became about four or five years in, uh, we ended up actually being in a tag team together. We were called the Absolute Rebels. And we won tag titles uh, in Amarillo, Colorado, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, splitting off into a feud, and um, so we, to kick it off, he was about to move to Chicago. So we had this loser leaves town match naturally, and it it all culminated inside a steel cage. Well, Cody, he was known for these, not really known, but like he was known to do insane things in any type of like no disqualification or hardcore type of match. And so I told him, I don't know how many times, I'm not... I'm not going to be using any barbed wire. I'm not going to go through any thumbtacks. Like, F all that. And so he, he busted me open in the middle of the ring, and I'm standing there. Or, I mean, I'm laying there. He ends up putting a trash can over me, and <laughs> he goes up to the top rope, and I don't know what's about to happen. He didn't say anything to me, and so I'm curled up in the trash can like, Oh my God, what's about to happen? What's about to happen? What's about to happen? And then the, cra the trash can just crushes in <laughs> with me inside it. Luckily, I didn't get hurt, but I sold it like I was about to die. And so as soon as I get the trash can off me, I see Cody sliding in um, <laughs> this big, huge piece of plywood with barbed wire attached to it. He sets it up in the corner and in my head, I'm like, okay, he knows that I'm not going to be going through this because I will not do any type of barbed wire. As I'm starting to sell up, I see him pour a bag of thumbtacks out. You know, the two things that I told him I wouldn't, I wouldn't do. Oh, no. And so the first thing he does was pick me up for a body slam, and I'm wiggling. I'm, I'm wiggling. I'm, I'm doing whatever I can. I try to sandbag him. Because I'm like, Cody, I'm not doing the thumbtacks. I'm not doing the thumbtacks. 
and he slams me on the thumbtacks. <laughs> and uh, I had a moment of clarity. I landed, and I'm laying there, and I'm like, this didn't hurt so bad. Okay. So I start to sell up, and I'm selling my ass off. And he has this big-ass plywood in his hands with the barbed wire on it and throws it at me. Just chunks it at me. And after I sold it, he picked me up. I tried to beat the shit out of him because the barbed wire hurt. <laughs> and so we ended up doing it to where I set the, bar, uh, I set the plywood up in the corner and I, uh, I powerbombed him through it. And then we ended up going into the finish from there. But, man, like, hitting the thumbtacks and then going, like, taking that barbed wire. After the match, I was like, holy crap. Like, I was just in this brutal, hardcore match inside a cage. Like, <laughs> and it's not something I want to do again in any, any, any near future. <laughs> no, no doubt. That, that sounds gruesome. Um, my next question for you. Do you have any regrets? You know, I don't, I don't really think I do because like I said earlier, I've been, I've been pretty blessed in this business. So anytime I've ever screwed up, anytime I've ever beat myself up about something, maybe thrown a beer bottle or two at a wall because I was pissed off. I, I, I wouldn't trade any of my screw-ups for anything because it's brought me to where I am today. And I'm, I'm so thankful for where I'm at today. I'm, I'm thankful for the support of my family, my fiance, um, my friends. I, I'm just, I'm in a good place. So without all of that, I don't think I'd be where I am today. Oh yeah, no doubt. I like it. Um, my last question for you is, Let's jump in the time machine. Let's fast forward this five years from now. Where do you want to be? Uh, well, I, I've, I've told, I told somebody the other day that I'm 27 now, uh, 30s around my, my corner, and I don't want to be careerless. Uh, so I want to be somewhere that's offering me a contract that's, that's, that's letting me be able to take care of my family. Um, I want to be, I want to be the guy that my friends come up to and say, Hey, I'm so sorry. Can you loan me however much money? And I just want to be able to be like, you know what? Just pay me back when you can. Here's the check. You know, I, I just, I want to be able to take care of my family first and foremost. So anywhere that offers me a contract with some good money, that's where I want to be. That's respectable. All right, that's all from me. I was like, well, here at the Three Count Podcast, we can offer you a contract of hot dogs and handshakes, but we ran out of hot dogs, so, you know, and it's coronavirus, so, like, handshakes are kind of like a no-no, so we can do, like, fist bumps. (laughs) (laughs) So one question that Anthony didn't ask that I thought Lou was going to ask you definitely was, what keeps you motivated in the business and driving to be better? Well, uh, so... My first year here in Florida, I was not doing so hot. Uh, State-to-state moves are very hard. And um, me and my fiance, we were 
we were struggling pretty hard as far as like income and everything. Like I didn't get a job until we were almost a month here. And so, uh, she probably wouldn't like me saying this, but she'll get over it. Um, we literally were at a point where our power was cut off. Um, we were running out of food in the refrigerator. I don't know if anybody's ever done grocery shopping at, at a dollar tree, but that's what we had to do. Like it was, it was tough. I finally started getting some income. She, she finally started getting some income and, uh, things were starting to look okay and everything. And then, um, yeah, like, uh, it was, it was hard there for a while. And then a year. I think he dropped his phone. Heavy edits will be done to this podcast. <laughs> Are you there with us? No. I'm so sorry about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was, I just told Lou, I was like, heavy edits will be done to this podcast. Yeah. Greenhorn. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> no, you were at the part where you're saying that you guys were just starting to pull some income in and that like things were like starting to roll and you guys were getting better. Right. So like uh, a year to the day that we had moved to Florida, I, uh, everything was like on the up and up, man. Like our income was great. I had a WWE tryout awaiting me before it got rescheduled. <laughs> and it was like, it was night and day. It was, uh, it was insane. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. Like you, like, um, I just had a friend of mine, actually, he had a WWE trial last December. So this year, last, uh, December. Um, and it's, it's been insane to like talk to people about like their trials and stuff like that. And to see them like go through it and then talk about it afterwards, like not in details. Cause they're like, we don't want to tell anybody what to be ready for, but it was talking about like the uniqueness of the experience for like three days, just busting your ass for, you know, almost 10 hours. They're like, it's, it's intense. But then when you're done, like you're excited because you're like, man, I just accomplished something that like very rare people get to. So, you know, when you right. do get your tryout, man, best of luck from us, you know, in your, in your shot. Thank you, man. Thank you. I've got, I've got a lot of good things coming up. So even if, uh, even if I don't get that tryout here and, the next few months or so I've got a lot of good things that I, I still have to keep under wraps at the moment, but I've got a lot of cool things that are coming up for me. And so I highly feel like I'll be noticed by somebody. So. Bet. Well, this is it for like all these like, you know, intense questions that we have to ask. So we're going to get into the fun section of our show. And that is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. Let's but do it. Works. We're going to ask you a bunch of questions. Rapid fire is the first thought that comes to your mind. We're going to put on the imaginary timer on the clock. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite food? Pizza. Friday night, what you doing? Uh, training. <laughs> Favorite movie? Uh, Fight Club. Favorite dinosaur? T-Rex. Hey. Favorite TV show? Friends. Best actor? <laughs> Brad Pitt. <There. laughs> Coincidentally, has been, you know, on Friends. Uh, favorite podcast? 
this one. That's right. It's like, <laughs> we didn't say anything at all. <laughs> Nominate someone to be on this podcast. Uh, East D3. Yeah. Ooh. I like that. <laughs> and then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on here, favorite curse word. Shit. <laughs> and there it is, the 10 count questions. Sir, one last thing that we need you to do for us. Let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. All right. So I'm on Twitter at underscore I'm Jake Logan. Uh, Facebook.com slash I'm Jake Logan and Instagram at official underscore I'm Jake Logan. Bet. That's where you can find him. He is the man himself. But that wraps up the Three Count Podcast presenting now entering the ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, here with Luda Franchise. Like I said, this is now entering the ring with Jake Logan. Tune into the next episode and be there or be somewhere else. <laughs> What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.